there. You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I am Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. I'm here, and I'm talking out loud, which is kind of exciting because I ended up with a bout of laryngitis over the last couple of weeks. I'm really hoping my voice can hold up through this episode. I, th- I think we're on a good trail here, but I've got a big mug of Earl Grey tea right here beside me, so I'm going to give it my best shot, and we'll see how it goes. Usually, I'm sad that we don't sit in the same room to record our podcast, but this time you can like just keep your germs to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will keep my germs localized here. But one thing I am happy to share with everyone, it's a reminder about our new meditation journal. It's entitled The Best Year Yet, and it will, I promise, make the perfect Christmas gift. I always buy myself a Christmas present of some sort. So really, this is the perfect thing to order for yourself, then wrap it up and stick it under the tree. If you are participating in a secret Santa exchange or wanting a thank you for co-op teachers, this weekly journal, it's right in the right price range, only $9.95 a copy. It is really a great gift for any home educator in your life, anyone you know who might be contemplating homeschooling. Well, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned it that it's a weekly journal. And that was purposeful on our part, because right now I am deep in the throes of September's junior year. And honestly, I know I don't have the time for a daily journal. I mean, good grief. I don't even have time for daily cooking, (laughs) but weekly, I mean, that is so much more manageable to find a chunk of time and spend that quiet time once a week reflecting on your homeschool ideas. And it really is a good practice to kind of center your thinking about what you've done and what you want to do. So please, won't you sit down with us and consider some aspect of your homeschool? And when you get to the end of the journal, I think you will find it has been your best year yet. Order your copy today and start journaling in January as the post-holiday homeschool doldrums set in. If you happen to be listening to this podcast at a later date, no worries. The journal is not dated or designed to start at any particular time of year. And that also was a a choice that we made because if you happen to pull your kids out of school mid-year, like like we did when September was young, this journal works to begin at whatever time you're ready to start thinking about your homeschool. Honestly, anytime that you find yourself in need of a bit of an extra oomph to kind of get you back on track, if things in your homeschool have gone a little bit sideways, this journal is the perfect one. Flip through, read a meditation, and start thinking. And if things are sideways... You can always send us an email at onlyschoolers at gmail.com and ask us your what if questions because we are answering those in our weekly What If Wednesdays mailers at Substack. Subscribe and we will pop into your email inbox every Wednesday to address a different what if question and offer up a few tips from our experience. It is so easy to subscribe. Just drop by onlyschoolers.substack.com. You can subscribe there. Or you can head over to our website, that is onlyschoolers.com, click the Find Us Online drop-down box and get subscribed today. We just finished up a couple of weeks on the topic of gratitude, so if that sounds interesting to you, then pop on over to Substack and catch up on some reading. And while you read the newsletter or write in the journal, if you want a little background music, be sure to check out the Only Schoolers playlists on Spotify. We have got curated songs to go along with each and every episode of this season four quotes. Just be on the lookout for Only Schoolers whenever and wherever you're online. We're everywhere. You can find us at our website. We're on Substack, Spotify, plus Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy. 
All you have to do is look for the at only schoolers handle and all those places and you'll find us because we are in all the places. <laughs> sort of like that Johnny Cash song, I've been everywhere. The only schoolers were out and about too. <laughs> And that's where we are today with the podcast, Out and About, because all our quotes for today's episode pertain to nature and being outdoors. Now, if you're thinking, but it's the middle of November, it's getting cold and snowy, and who wants to be outside? Ah, uh, contraire. As the Norwegians say, there is no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes. And at this time of year in particular, getting outside is a really good idea. You can say no to cabin fever, to being all cooped up, get rid of seasonal affective disorder. Today, the only schoolers are headed over the river and through the woods for sunshine, fresh air, and quality time in nature. And for today's show, there are a couple of ideas we kind of want to center our conversation around and to contemplate. So we want to think about how the experience of being in nature benefits us, but then we also want to consider what we can learn from nature to help our homeschooling. So Gina, why don't you, I'm going to give my voice a rest here. Why don't you get us started with the quotations that we're going to consider? Oh, for sure. Uh, to consider ways that being out in the natural world benefits us and our homeschools, we're going to start with this one from John Muir. Uh, I'm guessing on the way to pronounce it, but he said, into the forest, I go to lose my mind and find my soul. And because I know our next quote is one of your favorites, I'm going to let you share that one. You're right. I love Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's advice. The best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. Me, I am rather partial to our third quote of the day from French artist Henri Matisse, who said, there are always flowers for those who want to see them. And again, this episode, we're going to spend some time with our good buddy, Albert Einstein. We had an Einstein quotation last time. I think we've had a lot of Einstein quotations, maybe. And since he was such a smart guy, we're turning to him again for this episode because he said, we still do not know one thousandth of one percent of what nature has revealed to us. After that, we're hitting up another super smart fellow, Sir Isaac Newton, who said, nature is pleased with simplicity and nature is no dummy. And then for our last quote to tie everything together for today's show, an absolutely yummy thought from Lao Tzu. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And at this time of the year, when everything can be such a hurry, hurry, rush, rush, I'm actually looking forward to talking about that one. So let's get going with John Muir and go into the forest and lose our minds and find our soul. Where does that take you? Well, I am a transplanted farmer's daughter. I am happily living in town. I have my sidewalks. I have my city services. But... All of those years that I spent trekking around the woods with my younger sister, those just really gave me some of my very favorite memories. I mean, I, I talk about them all the time, and it gave me such a deep appreciation for all that nature can provide to anyone of any age. So back in the woods behind our house, there was this kind of small stream, and one part of the stream had this really fabulous kind of large flat rock. It was big enough for a couple kids to sit on. And it was kind of right in the middle of the stream. And so, you know, unless it was a huge rainstorm flooding, it was perfectly placed to create sort of this ankle deep pool on one side. So you could sit there and splash around, watch polywogs, whatever. And in this space, there was also a couple of fallen trees. So we got to practice our tightrope walking skills, you know, just plenty of bird calls, plenty of critter trips to keep us company. It sounds like your own private Narnia. It was, you know, minus the white witch thing. But 
I cannot even tell you the stories that we created and that we acted out all in this little space that we found, um, you know, because we were convinced we were the first people to ever find this space. It was just this wonderful fantasy land. And, and we just forgot about real life. We connected with the natural world that we inhabited there. And even though we weren't thinking about it in terms of building a relationship with each other, I mean, that's what we were doing too, because now we have this shared experience and these shared memories and everything that we did did there in nature has just continued to impact how we interact with each other today. Because there's just something about the openness and the peacefulness of nature. And it just pulls at all of us, I think. I mean, how many photos have you seen on Facebook of like these gorgeous open fields and rainbows or there's quiet ponds and, and they're all snapped and posted by friends who kind of live in, you know, the concrete jungle of a city. Oh, so many. <laughs> We're all kind of on the lookout for that sort of peaceful pastoral image in our lives. Exactly. So it's like, as humans, we have a soul connection with the outdoors, with nature. It could be breezes and green grass. It could be snow and sparkling icicles. We want to be part of it and we, we recognize it and we recognize it for the peacefulness that it brings when we see it. And when I'm around that kind of nature, and it can be as close as watching the leaves turn on the trees in my urban backyard here, I can lose my mind in the sense that I let those crowded thoughts and those pushy to-do lists, they all just fall away. And I can just connect with how that falling leaf makes me feel in that moment. And yes, it sounds trite and poetic, you know, maybe. But I really do think that's what Muir is talking about. He's talking about seeking out nature to gain some perspective about our life. And we can connect that idea of seeking nature to restoring balance to a bad homeschool day, too. For September, my go-to was always add water. It would turn a challenging day around. And so if you take that to nature, I mean, splashing in puddles fixes all sorts of problems. <laughs> when I read this quote, the first thing that came to mind was, a Friday a few weeks ago, I woke and I just felt vaguely discombobulated. Not any one particular thing I could easily identify, just kind of off. You ever experienced that? Oh, yeah. I just kind of hate that foreboding sense that it gives to my gut. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just, you're waiting for the shoe to drop all day. Well, that feeling kind of lingered around all morning. And by the time lunch rolled around, you know, Rich and I had gotten into a rather stupid squabble about absolutely nothing important. And honestly, I can't even remember what the sore spot was. But what I do remember was sitting at my desk where I was supposed to be working. And instead, I just decided to go for a walk around the farm. Nature walks, not sidewalk walks, really helped me clear my head. Okay, so why not a sidewalk walk? You know, what is the difference, do you think, for you? When I'm on a sidewalk, the terrain is pretty easygoing for the most part. I mean, they're level, they're generally free of debris. But when I'm walking through rough terrain, I have to watch where I'm going. Here on the farm, my mind focuses on not stepping in a cow pie, not slipping on that rock as I walk downhill, you know, not tripping over that fallen branch in the grass, watching where I step as I cross the little branch and paying attention to whether there are snakes as I circle through the woods. When I'm outside like that, I also, you know, I make a point of trying to identify the birds that I hear chirping and chattering I notice if I hear the cows mooing or munching grass, the sound of the, the leaves as I walk or the wind through the trees. All of those quiet things require focus and a sense of mindfulness. 
And by the time I got back to the house, I felt better and more in tune with myself than I had all day long. I think that's what Muir is talking about when he says you go into nature to lose your mind and find your soul. So my best advice, if you're having a bad day in the homeschool trenches, get outside, go take a walk, just lose yourself in nature. And maybe that's kind of what is at the heart of Longfellow's quote when he says, the best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. Okay, you know, I just mentioned that adding water was sort of my secret to success in the homeschool. And honestly, (laughs) there's no better water than rain. It's just right out. You just walk into it. So when September was younger, as soon as it started sprinkling, she would go and grab her tiny little rain boots and tug them on. And off we would go to find some puddles to splash in. And it was so funny because we'd have neighbors, you know, driving by along the street and they would stop and roll down the window and do you need a ride home? It's raining. And we're all like, nope. We're out here on purpose. I I understand because it does go against human nature in a way to slosh out in a rainstorm because we like to be in control. And there's definitely no control over weather. Except, is there? Well, I think we can control our response. So yeah, we cannot control the weather, but we can control how we react to it. If it's raining, embrace the rain. I mean, what else are you going to do? And that just parallels perfectly with feeling out of control on any given school day. Don't fight that feeling. Don't fight with your kids. Don't fight with your spouse. Don't yell at the pets. Just embrace the idea that that situation, whatever it is, is less than ideal. And then put on your rainy day gear and ride out the storm. Exactly. Yes, because we tell it like it is here. So neither one of us is going to pretend that embracing that situation will make it end in a love fest of rainbows. Probably won't. But emotional storms are part of life, just as rainstorms are. And understanding that there are parts you can't control, like the timing, there are parts you can control, like your response to it. Let's go out and jump in some puddles. That's the key to weathering either kind of storm in your life. So I know you, and apparently September as well, enjoy a rainy day much more than I do as a general rule. But, you know, there are things that you can learn on the rainy days. And I think the best one can do when it's raining is to let it rain is such beautiful metaphor for accepting the things we can't change. It's the weather. What you gonna do? So we live in a farmhouse with a long front porch that runs the length of the house. And when it's raining, particularly if it's thunderstorming, I do enjoy going out on on the porch to experience the storm. I mean, it's invigorating to see the lightning, to hear the intensity of the thunder, to feel the mist from the rains on my face. And do you think that experience benefits your homeschooling? Yeah, because it reminds me yet again that in the end, I'm not in charge, not of the weather. And to take it a step further of homeschooling. My personal education was learning how to let Wyatt take charge of his education. He is his own person, and in the end, he's responsible for his own education. So if the best thing you can do when it's raining is to let it rain, the best thing I could do when it Wyatted was to let it Wyatt. Offer some advice? Sure. Maybe try to smooth a few rough edges? Absolutely. Set some legitimate boundaries? Oh, without a doubt. But I also need to let my kid be who he is. Ownership of the weather belongs to nature. Ownership of education, that belongs to the learner. And in the end, it really is as simple 
and as terrifying as that sounds. But along the way, we have to remember there are always flowers for those who want to see them. At least that's what Henri Matisse said. Do you agree with him? I think Matisse knew exactly what he was talking about. I've mentioned before my This Day's Joy project where I find one good thing every single day. That's the point of a daily meditation journal that I created a few years back called Finding This Day's Joy. It's based on the principle that we find what we look for. And when it comes to homeschooling, there are always flowers for the homeschooling parents who want to see them. Okay, I really know what you're going to say here because we have talked about this off show so many times. Oh, have we? Yes, we have. I know as a parent, it can be hard, but it is so important to start with the flowers you see in your garden and not the weeds. As I think back on my years as a homeschool parent, I realized that my experience gardening outside was a really valuable lens through which to see homeschooling. So when I happen to be out in the garden doing the inevitable weeding that must be done, I don't just start, you know, randomly grabbing and yanking willy-nilly at all the weeds. And that is particularly true in the section of my garden that houses the volunteer marigolds. They always come up in the summer because pretty much I'm a lazy weeder by the time July rolls around. And the marigolds, they're just up out there like, hey, look at me, I'm here. If I get carried away with the weeding, I end up pulling out a lot of little fledgling flowers along with the weeds. That means it takes extra time to repair that damage and replant those little guys. So take my analogy from the flower bed into your homeschool. Anytime there is a pesky weed in your homeschool, and there will be, start by looking at the flowers first. Before you start to solve the problem, remind yourself of everything that's going right. Like literally take a sheet of paper and write down everything that's going well. Everything. Wyatt is a good driver and he texts me when he gets where he's going. He stops to see his grandparents every day without being asked. He's conscientious about getting his homework done. He's not a picky eater. He thanks the person who cooked the meal. He's self-motivated, ambitious, blah, 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 blah. All of those things. So what are some things that are going right with your homeschool right now? Well, first of all, we made it through October. So yay, that went really white, right. <laughs> I mean, and I've talked about this before, but that is always the month where something that looked really perfect in my summer planning reveals itself to be less than perfect and we ditch it. But this year, knock on wood, everything is working out class-wise, which is good because we are rapidly approaching the finishing line of this whole homeschool experience. And, you know, I don't need to make changes at the last minute. So far, we're enjoying the selections for literature, and I do say we because there are a couple that I've never read, and it's just been this really good chance to kind of model lifelong learning as we share our thoughts about these books that are new to both of us. September appears to have sort of a natural bent for statistics, so that's been kind of nice that I can kind of back off and because math is not my forte. Um, she's about to finish up her semester Spanish class a bit early, which means she's got some extra free time maybe to study for her ACT, which is coming up in later this winter. So, I mean, there have been a few bumpy bits over the semester, but on the whole, it's the good. It's the good that's coming out on top. Exactly. And just like there's always, always, always something that can serve as this day's joy, there is always, always, always something and actually many things that are going right in your homeschool. Once you've got a huge sheet of paper filled with all the things that are going right, that's when you've reached the flowers for those who want to see them point. 
with those flowers firmly in mind, then and only then do you want to start tackling whatever problem you're having with the homeschool. Don't be so eager to yank out a problem or a weed and end up causing more harm than good. Because sometimes we get so caught up in fixing the things that aren't quite perfect that we become the enemy of the good. We end up forgetting that so many things are just fine. And sometimes even those things that fall under the label of weed can bloom and produce really lovely flowers. Okay, I'm going to go off track and add another quote here, even though we didn't mention it in the beginning, but it's like A.A. A. Milne said, weeds are flowers too, once you get to know them. So if we approach those weeds in our homeschool with some care and compassion, I mean, who knows what might bloom? There have been several times when I've taken the weeds of a curriculum that didn't fit and I turned it into a blossom by focusing on the parts that we liked or focusing on the main idea and then taking it from there. I mean, I planned a French culture and cuisine class as an elective only to have September switch to Spanish. And then she just started sort of exploring this plant-based eating on her own. So she sort of developed her own electives out of that. So I just focused on the gorgeous blooms of her owning her education. And then I just read all the books about French cuisine for my own edification. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one of the best ways being in nature benefits us is with the lessons that nature teaches us just by nature being nature. Okay, so let's take a bit of a deep dive here. And let's think about all of the things that we can learn from nature to help our homeschooling. And let's start with Einstein and his thought that we still do not know one thousandth of one percent of what nature has revealed to us. How does that help you with homeschooling? It's mostly that idea that there will be gaps and that's okay. And we've talked about that. We are never going to be able to learn everything or teach our kids everything. If Einstein admits that we only know a fraction of everything about nature, who am I to believe that I can download everything about everything into my kid's brain before graduation? I get it. It is in our nature to want to do our best for our kids. That's why we chose homeschooling. But we still have to get really comfortable with the fact that there are mysteries yet to be understood and mysteries that we may never understand. And if we've said it once here, we have said it a million times. If your kid knows how to learn, they have all the education right there they will need to keep growing in life. So what about you? What's your twist on this one? Like you said, it certainly takes the pressure off. Even though Einstein has been dead for a long time, I'm pretty sure the math in his quotation still holds true. Even if we limit it to the scope of nature on Earth, I think nature does help make us comfortable with the idea that we don't know everything, that we can't know everything. No one knows everything. Learn to be okay with that. As homeschooling parents, just do the best you can to muddle forward one step at a time. And some great advice on how to do that muddling forward one step at a time comes from Sir Isaac Newton. Nature is pleased with simplicity and nature is no dummy. Follow the advice of nature and Newton and keep things simple, particularly in your homeschools. So yeah, for that, I'm going back to the idea that we do truly want the best for our kids. And that means that we might tend to overcomplicate things a bit sometimes. I kind of compare it to that idea of don't use a fancy word when a simple one will do. It is so incredibly tempting to want to splash out on the latest technology and the best curriculum. But it's really not necessary. Sticks work for counting. Sidewalk chalk, it's great for spelling. 
A rope swing or a tree to climb on? That's all you need for PE. Those gorgeous puffy clouds in the sky? Perfect for creative writing and storytelling. I mean, Abraham Lincoln educated himself by borrowing books, and if we believe the accounts, reading them by firelight. A good education does not have to have all the bells and whistles. Keep it simple. So now that I'm not homeschooling and my 2020 hindsight is in full swing, I think back to all the things I worried about and fretted about, and honestly, I should have taken a nap. Simple. Oh yeah, always choose the nap, but give me a for instance. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's one I thought of the other day. I'm cleaning the, the depths of the kitchen cabinets, and I came across my cookie cutters for Christmas. Oh, good Lord. This is embarrassing. True confessions and all that. Um, so I remember when Wyatt was maybe four or five, I got all fizzed up at one point because, you know, I didn't have cookie cutters in enough Christmas shapes. Now, I don't know how many cookie cutters I actually have now because I didn't count them. But one thing I am positively sure of, it's enough. It's enough to fill one of those vintage copper jello mold things, which is where I store the Christmas cookies. And please don't ask why I store the cookie cutters in the jello molds. It's just one of those weird things that happened along the way. But now if I move them out of the jello mold, I'll never find them again. Because for some reason at my house, Christmas cookie cutters go in the jello mold. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, September has yet to figure out some of my storage choices. So when she empties the dishwasher, I come back in the kitchen and there's, you know, random utensils or whatever on the counter because she couldn't figure out where it was supposed to go in my system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes Rich and Wyatt, they'll just shake their heads and I'm like, just, just go on, just move along. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Anyway, if I decide to make Christmas cookies this year, I will do them all in tree shapes. I will leave all the frosting white because, hey, it's been snowing where these Christmas cookies are. And then I'm going to decorate them in a few different colors of sanded sugar. And they will be more fun to make because I'm more relaxed. The trees fit neatly on the dough with all those triangles. We will still laugh as we come up with crazy decorations for our trees. We will still end up with frosting and sugar everywhere. And they will all taste the same because they're all of the same dough. Boom, done, simple. And they're trees, so nature. So in the end, it turns out that enough is just one cookie cutter. It really, really is. I do not need to use two dozen cookie cutters and 48 different kinds of sprinkles and sanding sugars in order to have a high quality Christmas. Simplification is a really great thing in homeschools. Simplify your expectations of yourself. Simplify your expectations of your kids. Simplify your expectations of other people. You will save yourself time, energy, stress. You will be more relaxed and joyful when it's all said and done. And that makes for a great transition to our last quote from Lao Tzu. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. I posted this on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I was really surprised at the response that it generated. Yes, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, we absolutely need to talk about that on the show. And now here we are. But what led you to share that quote on Facebook? So it was a couple of days after Halloween. And honestly, Halloween to New Year's, it's a really busy time. But I noticed a little bit of a difference this year because why it isn't in high school. There's no rush of all of those high school activities. There aren't any homeschool board meetings. There's no drama about what the dress code for the Christmas dance should be. None of that stuff. Because I noticed the difference. I took a moment to think about how this year I really wanted to step back from all the hurriedness, um, kind of a do-nothing Christmas. But then I was reminded of how deciding to do nothing is actually deciding to do something. It's just that the something that I'm doing is nothing. And there is absolutely nothing circular about that logic. 
<laughs> totally. But it's what led me to Lao Tzu, and that nature does not hurry, but everything is accomplished. A friend of mine commented on that post, the trees are actually never late in when their leaves fall, always right on time. And it really is true. So how do you think that that lesson from nature can help parents with their homeschooling? Well, I remember when Wyatt was a baby, we went in for all those well baby checks at various times during the first couple of years. You know, the doctor shows you those growth charts so you can see how your kid compares to other kids. And just for the record, I'm sure you'll all be super, super surprised that I really hate those charts. Oh, I suppose there's some statisticians somewhere very pleased with himself for developing them. But as a parent, they're really not that helpful. I remember seeing this woman I'd met in our prenatal classes. We're in Panera Bread. And I saw her just shortly after Wyatt was born and he's there in his pumpkin seat and she's bragging about how her three-month-old daughter was in the 98th percentile for growth and already weighed, you know, however many pounds she weighed. Um, and Wyatt, Wyatt was always Mr. 20th percentile. But thankfully, his pediatrician was just really super at those well baby checks. He told us Wyatt's doing great. It doesn't really matter where he is on the curve as long as his growth continues moving along consistent with the curve that's established. Then Dr. Rogers pointed down to the bottom of the chart and he said, see, here's Wyatt. He's just cruising along on his own growth curve down there. And he truly was at the 20th percentile. And I think that we need to be particularly conscious of that as homeschool parents. Don't hurry. Don't push for a percentile. Don't worry where your kid is on some arbitrary chart whether it's a baby growth chart or a reading chart or a math chart or a standardized test chart. Instead, concern yourself with their continuing growth. Sometimes it may be slow and steady. Sometimes it may be steady by jerks. But along the way, you will see that everything is accomplished. Water them, feed them, give them access to sun. Let them experience enough adversity to grow strong roots. Or, as we say in homeschool, trust the process. Yep. And I realized that in the heat of the homeschool moment, this is all so much easier said than done, but it's still true. So where do you go with Lao Tzu's quote? I mean, for me, it basically really is that idea that we just need to trust the process. We are not educating cogs in a factory. We are educating our very individual, very unique children. And their education will be accomplished as long as we give them the space to grow at their own pace. We need to save that space for them. It's tempting to get in a hurry. It's tempting to tick those boxes and compare those charts, but it is absolutely not helpful. It's no more helpful than yelling at a flower to bloom or yelling at the rain to stop or a sweet gum tree to change to prettier colors. When the time and the conditions are right, nature unfolds gloriously, and so will our kids. And so here we are. Our podcast does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished, and I think we accomplished what we intended when we set out to wind our way through nature with some thought-provoking and nature-inspired quotes. So how about you, listeners? What did you think of our quotes for today's episode? Do you think nature benefits your homeschool? How so? What can you learn from nature? Let us know. Join us on Facebook and Instagram and continue the conversation. Our handle is onlyschoolers in both places. Or if email is your thing, send us a line, onlyschoolers at gmail.com. As the Christmas season is getting into full swing, please do add our meditation journal, the best year yet, to your list of gift-giving ideas. Truly, it's a great way to contemplate what education means to you as a homeschooler and how you can work to make next year your best year yet. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting us financially. 
We hope you'll stop by to visit us at OnlySchoolers.com. And because we work for tips here at the podcast, please drop a little bit of Christmas cheer in our Only Schoolers tip jar. And as you head over the river and through the woods this holiday season, we hope there are plenty of moments spent outdoors. Thanks so much for joining us today and a blessed Thanksgiving to you and yours.